So recently I caught up with Mary Greer for the podcast today, and uh, we got to talking about all sorts of wonderful stuff. Um, in fact, we spent almost two hours uh, talking and recording this podcast, so uh, today will be uh, part one, and uh, next week will be part two of the interview. I've broken it up to sort of keep into the usual timelines of these uh, podcasts. Also, I want to uh, apologize for the sound on this. There were some background issues. Uh, I had some allergies which were affecting my breath. And uh, the uh, cable guys came and decided to drill holes in the walls upstairs while we were recording. So um, I hope you can forgive that. I don't think that it overly interferes with the uh, with the recording. I'm Andrew McGregor, and with each installation in this podcast, we're going to explore the world of spirituality, what it means to be alive, and how is it that we can bring our spiritual selves, tarot, meditation, religious or spiritual practices, into our daily lives. Please check out all of our episodes at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts. Or you can search The Hermit's Lamp in podcasts on iTunes and download them all directly that way. So and just before the podcast starts, I want to mention that if you are looking to uh, deepen uh, your practice around reading the cards, uh, there is a growing uh, series of uh, recorded classes, uh, streaming videos, uh, take them on your own time uh, kind of courses uh, on the Tarot de Marseille, on the Toth deck, and a foundations class for people who are just looking to round out their practice. All of these classes include uh, some of the most amazing teachers uh, from all around the world, uh, and of course myself as well. Um, so if you're interested in taking some courses, uh, especially as the summer's rolling around, maybe you're going to find some time on your hand and want to play with the cards more, please uh, go to thehermitslamp.com and just click on the learning tab to uh, check out all the courses as well as any live upcoming events that are on their way to you. So welcome to another episode of the Hermit's Lamp podcast. I'm here with uh, Mary Greer today. And, you know, for anyone who knows anything about tarot, uh, Mary probably needs no introduction. But just in case there's somebody who doesn't know who you are, um, why don't you give us a, a, a quick sense of who you are and, and you know, what's uh, what you're up to these days? Oh, um, well, I'm Mary Greer. I've been doing tarot since 1968, um, end of 67. Uh, and it's been pretty much my life's work. So at this point, I've got about 10 books, uh, mostly on tarot or related subjects. And um, I do a lot of workshops around the country, uh, teaching um, online, uh, both uh, courses online and then, you know, just hanging out in forums. And uh, my work's expanded beyond just tarot, although that was the major focus for many years into exploring some of the other cardamantic systems and looking into the lives of cardamancers uh, themselves, you know, what's our own history as a profession. 
which is interesting because there's very little in text, so it's involved going back and finding old paintings and pictures and so on. Um, also, I, uh, periodically, every couple of years, I try to find a new area in the field that I want to explore. It doesn't all get into books because I'm behind on doing that, but it does get into my uh, workshops that I teach. So the different areas that I like to explore. Uh, for instance, um, over the past several years, I've really looked at the neuroscience behind intuition and things along those lines just to see where where we're on the right track and where we're off in terms of what... Uh, the huge amount of uh, recent research would suggest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that stuff fascinating. There, there seems to be all sorts of great stuff coming out that helps us, uh, you know, if we're open to it, can help us understand our brains and, you know, where our strengths and our, you know, maybe not so strong points are and how to, how to make better use of that, you know. And uh, I, I know a lot of it from... Uh, uh, you know, for a lot of the productivity type people, right, where they're talking about the, the way in which we can't really rely on our memory to remind mm -hmm. us of things and that many tasks do well to go into some other system that can do uh, some level of thinking for us, you know. And I, I think that in some ways I see that reflected in the cards too, right? They, they provide these tools that allow us to perceive things at levels that are sort of straight you know, brain thinking can't quite get to, you know, they, they allow this sort of uh, externalizing of a structure that, that is really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, we tend to make a lot of assumptions when we see a card and it triggers a particular memory in our own mind. And we immediately jump into this uh, kind of assumption about what's going on. We um, tell a story in our own minds and if it kind of comes together, there's a satisfaction in us and we rest there. We, we feel content, successful. And often it was just the first kind of memory connection in our own mind. And because we don't question it, we'll fixate on it. And I think we do that too early in a tarot reading often. And so the whole reading kind of goes along in a particular story line that we don't even realize was just triggered by that first memory and not questioned after that. And a lot of times that's off. It, it really is off. And um, I do a lot of interaction with people. So because I'm getting their stories and their associations around uh, the cards, I've become very aware where I started going in a particular direction, and it may be keyed something for someone, but they kept going in their personal direction, and I kept going in my personal direction, and at some point, we started going farther and farther away from each other. Mm -hmm. So the client's story that they're telling in their own head and the story that I'm telling in my head aren't really on the same track that we thought they were at the beginning. And because of the interaction, I catch it really quickly. And I'm constantly saying to myself, you know, take a deep breath, let go. You know, where is the client? Where, what associations are coming up for them? And how can I work with that? Um, but I notice those, those fixed storylines that I started on. Occasionally, I come back to them. And it turns out that that first impression 
was really true and the client comes back there. But sometimes I find that it was totally off. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know? And I don't think I'm the only person that that happens to. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so one of the questions then becomes, how do we stay more open to what's actually going on in the moment between, you know, me and the client? Um, and how do I keep adjusting to new information, new cards, um, and not stay fixated on an original storyline, which is sometimes not not true. I, you know, our brain takes over, and we want the sat feeling of satisfaction more than we want the the experience of what's actually going on in the moment. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Absolutely. You know, I, when uh, at one point a while ago, I spent a lot of time sort of looking at when I was wrong. Right, you know, or mm -hmm. off, or whatever, whatever term we want to use, right? Brave and, person, <laughs> uh, you know, and, brave to do that. It, I think it's important, right? If a client comes yes. back to you and says, "Hey, this this wasn't right," you know, never mm -hmm. mind in a session, um, because because at that point my process didn't leave as much space for that. Um, but you know, but for a number of years when I was starting, and, you know, I, I would look at why was I wrong, why why was off here. And, you know, the language that I came up with at the time was because I had always overspoke, you know, I had, there was, there was something there, right? Like you say that, that point of intersection between my story, my memory, my idea, and this other person's life, right? Or their story or their idea of who they are. And instead of, um, you know, being content to say, huh. It looks like there's an issue between you and your father here. Can we talk about what's going on there? I would say more words and I would want to, you know, say things or, you know, uh, show that I knew more or whatever. And, and that, that there was that point of connection that was important, but a more gentle and less sort of me wanting to talk approach probably mm -hmm. would have taken those readings to more helpful places, you know? So I think it yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. And it's it's a hard one to know. Um, one of the big wake-ups uh, for me was um, a wonderful reading with a woman, very intelligent woman, who was in a terrible relationship. It was, you know, mentally abusive. Um, and that became clearer and clearer, and she kept... The thing she was saying, it was obvious that this was not the ideal person for him, but that she was really uh, intrigued by him and didn't want to let him go. So um, at the end of a reading, I go through a process where the person makes some choices based on uh, cards that had come up. And um, I asked her uh, what qualities, what, what card represented qualities that she most wanted to develop in herself through this experience with this guy. And she picked the empress. And I asked her, well, you know, what is the empress? And she said that uh, she wanted to um, be more the kind of woman that he wanted and I just sort of <laughs> looked at her, and um, I guess my mouth fell open a little bit. And she laughed, and she said, you know, if if I was you or I was better developed at this stage of my life, I know I would walk away from him, but I'm not ready to do that yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I thought, you know, my tendency had been, you know, can't you hear yourself that this is a terrible relationship and it's not really going to get any better. Everything you've said, that's what you've 
you know, literally have said here. And yet she was choosing to stay in it, to try deeper and to become more of an empress, open, loving to him. And I realized that in our individual stories, we often stay long beyond the point when we know a, a situation, it, it's time to break up. And often when we do break up, we know, okay, I finished. Mm-hmm. It's done. But there maybe was two years in there yeah. or seven years. And who am I to say that there wasn't some learning, some particular thing that was really important for the person to get during that time or some process that needed to be completed or some growth in themselves mm-hmm. or even, you know, children that needed to get all so sure. who who knows what those those things are. So a reader who's insisting you have to leave him is not necessarily helping the person. They're just making the person feel guilty for not doing it now. Mm-hmm. I had a, a person in relatively recently where, you know, the, the reading was, the, the question was, I don't know what I should do with my life. You know, I, need mm-hmm. to, I, need to, I, I, I yeah. don't know. I'm just so confused. And the, you know, I like to sometimes, depending on the, the, the reading that comes up, sort of go back and uh, almost restate the question. Mm-hmm. To sort of yeah. say, well, the real question in your life actually is this, you know, it doesn't always apply, but sometimes it's super helpful. And or the real thing is this. And, you know, at the end of this reading, you know, the, the answer was, you know, exactly what you want to do with your life. You're just struggling with the courage to make it happen. And, mm. you know, and so reframing, like trying to reframe it in that way. You know, we'll see, yeah. right? Maybe in six months, they'll still be in the same place or maybe not, or maybe I'll never see them again. You never can tell. But I, I find sometimes we can, um, you know, highlight, highlight the way in which their question is, is uh, disingenuous at some level or, mm-hmm. you know, not quite, not quite solid and real for them. Yes. And, and maybe that can be, uh, you know, a, way, a thing that allows them to then ask that different question that can lead mm-hmm. to something. Whether that can happen in their time with with us as readers or not is a whole other matter, right? Well, I think what happens is that there's a catalyst thing that happens during the reading. And by seeing the larger picture, the person can't really fool themselves in the same way that they could before. Mm -hmm. So they go into whatever this next stage is more eyes open. So the person is going, oh, I don't really have the courage yet, and that's okay, but where do I need it, or what could help me, or where's an opportunity that I'm saying no to that I could have said yes to? And so with this woman, my sense and the way, you know, she had this kind of twinkle in her eye when she looked at me and said, you know, I still have things I need to do um, in, in relation to this person. But I knew she would do it very consciously that she was choosing to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with uh, the person you were talking about, about the courage, he might be asking himself, you know, what is this courage? What is this tipping point that I'm looking for, that I'm waiting for? And um, maybe it's time to not wait anymore at some point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that we all lie to ourselves. And I think with a reading, there's a point with a, you know, a lot of sensitivity, that there's a difference between the inner awareness and the, the actual things that are going on in your life. Mm-hmm. But if you can get clearer about what your direction is, 
and what potentials and possibilities there are, I think that there's more likelihood that you're going to make those steps um, both clearer in your own head and maybe uh, earlier than if you just continue on with Mm -hmm. the blinders on. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we can carry this back to where the conversation sort of started off this morning too, which is, um, you know, as readers, what, what is science telling us about where, where are these lines around what we're doing, right? Where are we, um, you know, to, to go back to this intuition versus uh, psychic versus, you know, what comes from the cards, what comes from spirit, what comes yeah. from, you know, this sort of expertise model that, you know, I, I know a bunch of, of researchers have been discussing. And, you know, so mm-hmm. I think that that's a, an interesting thing as well for us to try and be really clear about, you know, what what is actually genuinely going on and how mm-hmm. do we not leave our own story or our own process at, uh, you know, at the first marker, you know, hey, this triggered something in me uh, yeah. and, and take it into other levels, you know? Yeah. And uh, for me, when you talk about intuition, I tend to see it a lot differently than I'd say the majority of readers, because if you look online at tarot readers and see how they describe themselves, an awful lot of them say, say uh, I'm you know, intuitive and psychic, almost as if I'm going, well, do you mean you're intuitive and you function that way sometimes and that sometimes you're psychic? Or is this a single word to you? That, um, you know, whichever word is going to catch the imagination of the person who's reading it. You know, somebody, one person says, I want a psychic. Oh, okay, then you can come to me. Another person goes, well, you know, I'm not so sure that psychic really exists, but I like somebody who's intuitive or I believe in the science of intuition. So I'll go to you. I, mean, I don't know why the words are conjoined so often without people having any idea of what the difference is mm. or even seeing a difference. Well, I think some of that comes from uh, uh, the movement that happened, the movement that sort of happened in the tarot world over the last, you know, 40 years or whatever, um, uh, the the sort of bringing in of uh, more therapeutic models, uh, stepping Mm -hmm. away uh, from predictive models. You know, I think that, you know, when I, when I came into, um, you know, I started reading the cards like mid eighties, but basically in isolation, you know, and basically just me, me and. Alistair Crowley's book and his deck and that was it, you know, and just wow. <laughs> that that was that was my, my primary process and my primary source. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pre internet, uh, pre connection to other people, I just worked sort of in isolation to that. Mm-hmm. And then uh two thousand and two, two thousand and three, when I stepped out into the world and started working as a reader and started looking around, I was I was both intrigued and kind of startled by how anti-psychic, anti-predictive, anti-everything that everyone that I kind of came across at that time was for the most part, except for a few people who were, you know, uh, culturally inclined to that, you know, Mm -hmm. Eastern Europeans or, you know, people from the Caribbean and stuff, um, readers in those traditions where that's just the expectation. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that this, this, confusion or this um this kind of uh hedging of the bet sometimes between yeah. intuitive and psychic you know can be related to that change too yeah yeah and um i think because people don't really question what they mean by those terms 
and you've obviously done that very deeply, but an awful lot of people haven't. So they're going along with what seems to be um, a term that others will be responsive to. And intuition is a hot term. Mm-hmm. Right now, psychic is questionable because there's been, um, you know, enough material well, because the scientists don't really pick it up and they do pick up intuition. But then readers don't look at what scientists say about what's psychic and what's intuitive. And so they're going along with the kind of cultural trend without looking at what's really being implied by it. And I guess I should say what I see is the basic difference. Mm-hmm. And for me, psychic is paranormal, outside of the normal, extrasensory perception. Intuitive is sensory-based and memory-based. So it's kind of a combination between our sensory input and our um, memories and all our learning. But what intuition does and what makes it different than reason, because people come to tarot readers because they're not looking for the, necessarily the reasonable answer. That's failed them in some way or hasn't taken them far enough. But what they're coming because they want that kind of magical leap. And intuition seems to do that. Um, so uh, one person described intuition as getting from A to Z without having to step through specifically B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. It's the seeming leap, but it's because of our experience and because we um, have memories of having gone through those stages that we're able to kind of instantaneously make those, those leaps in our brain. Psychic is extra brain. It's uh, the extra sensory. We don't need any sensory input. It's not necessarily based on um, you know specific memories, except as the images come to us because they have to come from our bank mm-hmm. of uh, information. Um, so, for instance, somebody who says, um, uh, uh, I, th- "I see that you're going on a trip to. Let me see. Where is it to?" Uh, the Maldives, <laughs> and the person's going, how did you know? And the, and the, uh, the reader themselves is going, how did I know where that word come from? Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely nothing in the environment that would suggest that particular location. Um, there's, you know, n- no data, no information. Um, that is the, the psychic kind of leap, and that happens periodically. Um, and I think we all have those happen on occasion and the problem is we tend to overlook them or they for me they usually seem too obvious for words mm-hmm. when i when i get a psychic impression of something it's so obvious that i often don't say it because well they obviously know it doesn't everybody know it and it's only later that i realize no there wasn't any information there that wasn't mm-hmm. <clears throat> that wasn't present but for for me it's just it's this thing that is and um it it doesn't happen real often with that kind of clarity and where i can go back and say no there was no information there that could possibly have led to that um but the intuitive is being able to put things together in these patterns um it's um it's our unconscious recognition Mm -hmm. of situations yeah, it reminds me of when uh, I used to do martial arts for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know you get to this point where um, 
if you do a lot of it, you get good enough that you've processed and been in so many situations that you don't need to consciously compute and in fact can't consciously compute, you know, but when you, when on some level, your body, uh, your body, your, your senses, whatever, pick up this person moving in a certain way, you're like, oh, if they do this and I start to slide this way, then I can, you know, be out of the way or what have you. And it seems like magic, you know, it seems supernatural, you know, especially with people who are very skilled because, they can, you know, they can move in ways that you can't understand and therefore can't react to, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it's fascinating the way these things can surface, but they're not mystical. They're not magical, yeah. right? As opposed to exactly. like, you know, somebody who like points their finger at you and zaps lightning from across the room. <laughs> That'd be a whole other matter, which I've never seen, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. And the thing is that uh, an awful lot of us um, readers, I, I would venture to say pretty much everyone, has had some kind of psychic moment. But, um, you know, we, with psychic ability, you can't always count on it. Mm-hmm. With intuitive, it's more normal every day if you happen to be really good at putting together, um, you know, uh, the symbols uh, in and seeing the larger pattern that people's statements and symbols uh, relate to, you can immediately catch a pattern in what's going on in somebody's life. And you just have to stay open that you don't get fixated in your own rut instead of constantly being uh, adjusting it to what's actually going on with the person. So, you know, that's that's where our hang-up comes in is when we get fixated in, in the rut as soon as we recognize it rather than continually adjusting it. But um, the the psychic thing is um, is qualitatively different. And what I find, I'm going off a little bit, but I, I want to mention this, is that when I do have a psychic hit, um, and I often will not say something, but I'll try to create a space where the person themselves can come to that realization. Mm. And I don't know why, but it tends to work that way for me. Somebody walks through the door and I immediately have um, a a hit that something went on in their life, um, you know, back when they were a child. And this happens very rarely. Um, I'll try to create a situation if it's really strong and keeps coming back where um, I kind of open the space for them to come to that realization. If it's not in the cards at all, I may never say anything. But if it's in the cards, if, you know, can I, um, you know, ask them some open-ended questions where I'm willing to go somewhere else entirely, but if that's an issue, it will come up. And often it does. So the person themselves will say whatever it was that I had that intuition of right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I find it's far more powerful than if I say, you know... um, you know, were you thinking of going to the Maldives? For somebody to sit there and say, you know, I've been thinking about going to the Maldives, but I'm not really sure about that. I can say, well, let's look at that further. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? What's going on for you? And I know it's a hot topic. Mm-hmm. If I say, oh, you're thinking about going to the Maldives, they're going to go, oh, she didn't know. She has the answers. She's going to tell me whether or not I really should go or not. Mm-hmm. I don't find that to be the most helpful thing for somebody to go because their psychic told them to go. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, that's always. I don't uh, want that to be there. You yeah. know, it's uh, all we all we have to do is move that over into the love arena and see just how difficult and damaging that stuff can be, right? Well, I'm with him because oh, yeah. this psychic told me, or I, you know, I, somebody told me that that she was my twin flame, and therefore, you know, whatever, you know. And and the minute I hear those things, I'm always like, yeah. Well, let's let's put that aside. Let's not talk about what other people said. Let's see what we can do here today. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's so difficult, right? You know, people yep. people are often looking for answers. I'm often looking for answers, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I'm not, right? You know, I'm like, oh, I, yeah. I want to know this thing. I want to know about whatever. I want some definitive answer that I can rely on. And, you know, sometimes those things are there. And there are, you know, sometimes there are ways to get them. But uh, but often it's not, right? Often it's more process-driven. Yeah. And often it doesn't matter as much. As, as at least personally, I find, I feel like it does. And then by the time I get to the answer, I'm like, oh, kind of could have gone either way. I guess it doesn't matter, you know? Not yeah. about who I'm going to marry or whatever, but about other decisions, right? Oh, yeah. Somebody comes and says, um, you know, I've had two job offers. Should I take the one in San Francisco or should I take the one in Boston? You know, and it's like, uh, wait a minute. I'm not going to tell you either one. This is, you know... I don't say it to them, you know, that this is your decision. I try to create the space where we look at um, what's really going on for them and um, that they can make the decision themselves that's more in a line with where their own goals, their own, um, you know, sense of um, the direction they want to take. Mm-hmm. So we want to clarify that direction and see which one of these places fits that direction better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if I'm psychic and I can see, oh, this one's going to be a disaster and that one's not, two things. One is that psychics are not always on, and therefore it, you may have been really on for their very good friend, but you may not be on the day that they <laughs> this person comes mm-hmm. and they're expecting that same definitive Thing that you saw for their friend. Unfortunately, psychic ability isn't on call in that way. At least I've never come across somebody that says it's always perfectly on call. That's why I think people say psychic and intuitive because if that's not on today, well, I'll be intuitive. Hmm. Um, you know, go with um, uh, you know this other sense. Um, the other thing. Um, oh, I can't remember where I was going with the other point, but um, it is just more important for them to come to their own decision, their own realization about something. Mm-hmm. And as you say, sometimes it really doesn't matter. Oh, I know. Um, if it was Boston or San Francisco, perhaps the the Boston turns out to be a disaster. But because of that, you end up. Um, you know, moving to um, Wisconsin, <laughs> and that ends up being perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you had gone to San Francisco, you wouldn't have. But who's to say that one or the other was actually better? I just know roads I've gone down that failed, and I. But I ended up with some really exciting thing that came out of it because that failure made me turn my life around mm-hmm. at that moment. Yeah. You know, I, I think sometimes I think uh, maybe I spent too much time at art school talking postmodern theory with, you know, people. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, but when we're talking about these things, I think about um, the the notion, uh, I think it's from Derrida, that, that meaning is always deferred, right? 
that, that we never mm. really arrive at this place where meaning is definitive. And, and, and as we're talking about this, you know, I think, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to, you know, whatever, I'm going to move into this new, the store into a new location. It's going to be this way because the, the reading said it was going to make lots of money, you know, yeah. or whatever. Right. And then I don't, but then something else really good happens. And so then I reinterpret it. And then, yes. you know, six months later, something else happens and I interpret it again, you know, and like last winter, the, the roof leaked here. And if I was more superstitiously inclined, I, I could interpret that again as, uh, you know, proving or undermining the, yeah. the validity of whoever had given me that great advice, you know, as opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to this sort of, uh, open-ended, uh, idea where, where the, the meaning of our life is constantly shifting and we're always seeing it different ways and, and trying to define it in a diff, in a solid kind of concrete way, you know, is very, very difficult. And especially when we get into, uh, spiritual advice or advice from the cards, it becomes, you know, really kind of uh, impossible to kind of revisit it over the longer term and make sense of it in some ways. Yeah, yeah. And we shouldn't, we're constantly making meaning. And from one perspective, meaning is something that human beings do. We create meaning out of our circumstances. Who's to say that it exists anywhere except in um, our fantasies? Mm -hmm. From that perspective, though, um, isn't life worth or isn't life more interesting when we can make um, interesting meaning out of things, when we can make meanings that guide us to um, more exciting and worthwhile endeavors. And so when you say finding meaning in life, um, you know, it's almost like you can arbitrarily pick a meaning, but make the best of it, or mm -hmm. pick the most exciting meaning that you can come up with, and live according to that, which would lead you towards a much more exciting life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a, a point in my, in my life where I decided I wanted to live a magical life. And part of me said, this is a choice. I can do it or not do it. And what, but what happens if I do it? Will I lead a life that for me, it fits better and is more interesting and intriguing than those people who don't pick that? And I felt like as I went through my magical life, um, that yes, you know, this was a much more interesting choice. Mm -hmm. than people who cho chose to not pick meaning because I started seeing magical things all around me. And lo and behold, amazing things happen. Now, if you're going to look at a really rational point of view, um, I may have been reading things into stuff that could have been pure chance. But I loved the fact that they just kept happening one after another. And when I would talk to people who didn't leave, live a magical life, these things didn't seem to happen. Mm -hmm. It could be that they just didn't notice and didn't connect things. But I thought, well, why would I want to live a life where that I don't notice and I don't connect those things when it's so much more exciting and interesting to do that? Um, a quick example, um, I, w I went through a period of my life where these things were happening every single day. So this is only one thing that's happening in days that were full of these things, where I woke up in the morning and um, at the time I had... 
you know, mattress and box springs on the floor and it was getting to be winter and drafts were coming in. And I said, I want to raise my bed so that I'm kind of above the drafts in this house. So I said, hmm, what, you know, I don't have a lot of money. What do I need? And I go, concrete blocks. I'm going to get some concrete blocks for the bed. But first, the guy I was seeing was coming over. So um, I thought, well, I'll, I'll ask him to if he has any ideas. He comes to the door and I say, OK, come on, we need to go find some concrete blocks so I can raise my bed. And he just stands there with his mouth dropping open because on the way over to the house, he had seen four concrete blocks along the side of the road that didn't look like they belonged to anybody. And he had stopped his truck and put them in his truck because he thought maybe he would need them sometime. Mm-hmm. And he's going, oh, darn, you know, I thought I would have them as extra things, but now I see obviously they're supposed to be for you. Mm-hmm. So he brought them in. But I was going through a period of my life where literally that kind of thing was happening every single day. And I thought this is just a much more interesting way to live then not doing it. There's a part of me that says, I just happen to notice things. I just happen to say these things, and therefore these things fell into place. Um, if you don't want to believe in magic, you don't have to, but it's much more interesting when you do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I definitely think that, uh, I mean, I, I'm firmly in the magical camp of things, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it, it, they're, they're, on a personal level, there's no question about it, you know? and. Yeah. You know, the more that I engage with those things, the more that I engage with my religious practices, you know, the more that I that I work the, the different things that I do, the more my life just continues to evolve and grow, you know. And like yeah. somebody somebody who uh, I used to work with like seven, eight years ago came by the store um, for the first time, you know, since I since I've been in the new location and they're like, wow, what a great store. And they're like, did you have to put it in the floor? And I'm like, nope. Did, they, did you have to work on the walls? I'm like, just that one. And like, I went through the list of everything and I basically moved into this place that everything was was already set almost. And I had to do like wow. almost no work, right? Um, and, and in an area where the store is, a lot of these places are, um, uh, you know, ha- have been family run businesses for like 30, 40 years. And so things aren't really, they're not up kept in the same kind of way like, yeah. you know, there's just sort of like gradually run down by use, you know? And, uh-huh. and the, so the person said to me, you know, wow, you're so lucky that you found this. I'm like, luck has nothing to do with this. The spirits that I work with just coordinate these things when they need to happen, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and that is my view. Um, except that the other side of that, which, which is, I see is often problematic, um, is that is my view, but with agency on my behalf. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I am always active and working on these things and, you know, taking all the practical considerations to the best of my ability and all these things as well. Right. Because this is the other side of that, that conundrum. Right. If everything is spiritual and spirit's going to coordinate and make things happen, well, then what do I need to do? Right. You know, it's like the people who show up and be like, "Uh, I need to know why I don't have a job. And I'm like, okay, do you have your resume? Well, no, you know, (laughs) right. That, that, that agency, that action needs to be there in, in conjunction with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're responsible for the clarity of your vision of going out to, you know, being prepared to go out and do whatever it takes to make that happen. Like I was ready to tell my friend, we're going on a quest for concrete blocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what we're going to do today. And, um, you know, but luckily I didn't have to go that far. I was set to do that. 
-hmm. and I was ready to commit myself to that particular, um, you know, whatever it takes. And I, I think you're, you're right. It's, um, you know, absolutely necessary that you be willing to throw yourself in completely and commit yourself to these kinds of things. And when you do and you're clear about what you want and need, they happen. Sometimes you find that they're not perfect. I, I wanted um, an apartment one time that had um, a courtyard in the middle of the apartment complex with a fountain and just absolutely, you know, lovely. I had it all in mind and I found it. The first place that I went out to, there it was. There was the courtyard. There was the fountain. And so I moved in thinking, oh, I've just created, you know, this perfect place that I always dreamed of. Well, it turned out that everybody's apartments opened onto the, or the whole inner circle of apartments opened into this courtyard. And you could hear everything going on at everybody's apartment mm -hmm. <laughs> all the time. And there were some people right across the way from me that were very loud in their lives. Um, and so I go, okay, next time you have to include <laughs> this other stuff there. So, you know, I, I got what I asked for, but I learned that um, sometimes you don't want to be absolutely precise. You want to let, you know, life kind of show you what's mm -hmm. possible. And also, but there are other times when you need even more precision. Be careful what you ask for, of course, is one of the great magical uh, conundrums. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, yeah, but it's worth, you know, having those experiences where there are some failures and um, certain things that came out probably because of that connection. Uh, Time-wise, it wasn't time for this other place um, to be available that ended up being more perfect. So I had the interlude in this not-so-perfect spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that kind of work in when you're willing to look at the world that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that this, um, the, the idea of, of always deconstructing it, right? You know, if we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna be uh, magical in our thinking, right? If we're going to be open to psychic phenomenon, if we're gonna be, you know, in these different areas, it, to me, it's always a, a process of analyzing it, looking at it. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. certainly, certainly, the Crowley and the Golden Dawn and Israel regarding those people uh, and what they were getting at around the magical journal and you know the idea of you know having some process where you are. Uh, documenting what's going on and then going back mm -hmm. and looking at it, you know, I think it's just so fruitful, right? Because it's, it's Definitely. amazing, you know, to, again, that, that idea that we can always rewrite the meaning. It's easy for us to rewrite the meaning as, well, oh, I'm so wise and psychic and, and, you know, whatever until all of a sudden we're not right. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, or, or maybe not, you know, I have met people who've carried on that way for a very long time, despite their lives. Um, continuing to devolve in one way yeah. or another, you know? Yeah. And as readers, it's really important that we constantly question um, the kind of insights that we have. Um, I know people who claim that they have been, um, you know, they're 80, 90%, um, their predictions are, you know, that, that correct, 80 mm -hmm. or 90% correct. And, but then I've done some research on forums. There was one where we did yes, no questions about something that was going to happen in the next week. 
mm-hmm. that we would get a definitive answer and we needed to predict what would happen. And so we had it there in black and white. You know, I read the cards or used whatever tool that I use, and this is the answer, and let's see what happens. And the following week, when it turns out to not be what transpired, the person, the majority of people, and I found myself wanting to do it, starting to do it, and having to hold back, we rewrite the story. Mm-hmm. We explain how, well, you know, when I saw that... I wasn't too sure. There was something that was sort of pulling at me, and now I understand what it was. So really, I was right. I just you know, happened to say the wrong thing at the moment, but yeah. really, I was right because I had this feeling in there and knew that, um, or you know, at the time, obviously, this was going to happen, but then this other thing got in the way. You know, the, the repairman who I said was going to come before noon, well, something came up and his car got a flat tire, so he didn't get there until afternoon, but he really would have been there mm-hmm. before noon. You know, um, wait a minute. What's the good of a prediction if you're saying you're 90% um, accurate? And then these are ways in which really you were accurate. It's just that he had a flat tire. You know, what kind of prediction is that? So I've, I've really tried to do some experimentation to check that. But the most interesting thing for me, and I see it in myself, is the immediate justification when it wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. And the looking at or remembering some hesitation on my part, some uh, question, some possibility that um, it really was there and I really sort of knew it. And I just mm-hmm. happened to say the wrong thing because I needed to give you an answer at that moment. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, had, I was doing a reading for somebody uh, this weekend. I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but basically I was like, you know, Kurtz, they, they were, they were looking for spiritual solutions to their problems. Right. Yeah. And, um, and the, the cards, the first thing that the cards said to them is that the spirit of your grandmother is unhappy with you. Right. Mm-hmm. About, about something you're doing with your life. And the, the image I saw immediately was of like somebody with like a, a wooden ruler smacking somebody on the back of the hands. Right. Uh-huh. And, and so I, I said it, uh, in sort of a, a nondescript way, like as a metaphor, right? I'm like, you know, yeah. think think of it like she's, you know, kind of, you know, somebody who's going to come around and she's just wrapping you on the knuckles because you're not living up to what she wanted you to do with your life. And the woman's like, wow, she used to beat me with a ruler all the time. Like beat me, I shouldn't say that. She said, <laughs> she used to hit me with a ruler all the time when I was a kid yeah. if I get out of line. And so that's one of those things that for, to me in retrospect, that was obviously a very clearly channeled received you know whatever it came from Psychic somewhere else impression, yeah and and i totally slid past it you know yeah in in a way that you know uh that that had i recognized it what i would have said is you know the spirit of your grandmother is, is unhappy and you know these problems in your life are just like when she used to hit you with the ruler right you're yeah. trying to wake you up <laughs> but i didn't yeah. and uh-huh. and as you say there's this this uh sort of desire to like make sense of it or whatever and you know and and for me what i'm curious about now is as these things sort of um come through more often in my practice is how do i clue into them and differentiate them because i can't i still at this point can't really 
uh, tell clearly wh- where they're coming from. And I think that that's the slippery side of this, right? Yeah. Is it, is it my thought? Is it my emotional reaction to the, to the situation? Is it, uh, my intuition as, you know, a, a basically, a, a sort of non obviously linear leap based on experience, right? Or is it yeah. psychic, you know, or is it something else? And, you know, especially in the moment where someone's sitting across from you and you're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's, let's tell me what's going to happen with my life. It's so, yeah. it's so hard to, to notice those, all those subtleties. Yeah. If I have an impression now, what I do is if it's completely out of left field and it comes back a couple of times to the point where it's sort of getting in the way of my following along with the reading the way I normally would, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, um, because I don't know where it came from and it doesn't fit into the storyline that's going along. Um, I'll say, I don't know where this is from or what it has to do with anything, but let me just say it so that I can go on with the process, mm-hmm. you know, because it's getting in the way. And, and I, then I will try to not interpret it, but just give the little image that is there <clears throat> because if I if I try to interpret it, I'm probably going to get in the way of it, and I'm going to like as you said, make a metaphor out of it, do mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So, um, but I do it kind of as a little aside, and it's sort of like take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you were seeing something that's a next stage that I would like to be able to do, um, and would be very. Uh, possibly very helpful but it doesn't always work and that was that idea your grandmother is trying to tell you like when she would slap your hand you know when she hit you with the ruler you know to to do something um but if i am not getting that very specifically um that's my little interpretation of why that image has come through Mm -hmm. absolutely and, and, and that's sometimes why, it's just better to say the thing, the image. Yeah, and and that's why I didn't jump to it, right? Because I'm still, yeah. as as these things are changing over time in my practice, I'm still like, well, you know, ba- based on previous experience, let me use less words rather than more words. Let me, yeah. you know, let me deliver it softly instead of in a rock solid way that this person will have difficulty, um, you know. Uh, being considerate of or rational or thinking about, you know, being uh, critical of if they need to be, as opposed to like, if, if you come out and say, Hey, your grandmother's here and she says this, and, Mm -hmm. and there's a, and and there's a a clear emotional or sort of memory trigger for the other person, you know, that's, that's uh, something that gets anchored really firmly in people who are sitting with you. And then, you know, if it's not right or it's not quite right, or there's other parts to it that they don't get to, you know, it's, it gets complicated. So this is the end of part one. Um, there's the, the better part of another hour of this uh, conversation that continues from here. And uh, I hope that you will tune in next week. Um, or better yet, I hope that you will subscribe uh, you know, through uh, your RSS or through uh, we're in iTunes under the Hermit's Lamp or in Stitcher under the same thing. And you can uh, catch all of these. You can also go to the website and listen to something like 30 or 40 uh, interviews with other astounding and amazing people. So uh, please check it out. Please drop me a line. And if you are looking for Mary, please head on over to marygreer.wordpress.com and check out what she has been doing there. She has an extensive blog that she's been doing for a long time with all sorts of astounding uh, articles and uh, historical things as well as techniques, uh, tools, and ideas. 
Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week.